Hi, I'm Samuel. And I'm Bentley. And this is the Re-View Podcast. Okay, so one of the reasons that I am having fun doing this podcast is I continue to be shocked at how other parents are not doing their jobs. <laughs> and so not only am I surprised, you know, when I find people of your generation, millennials, who haven't seen certain things, but uh, I'm actually, you know, still running into... Uh, people, Gen Xers, parents, uh, you know, at my stage of life, right? So they've got kids in college, and I say, hey, wasn't that a really great movie 15 years ago? And they go, I I didn't see it. And now I certainly have movies like that too. I have missed things that I want to get back and review or view for the first time. That'll be a part of what we do. But, but, when I get a chance to share some of my favorite things, things that you and I have shared, with people who have never seen them, you know, so that's actually an act of creating the canon, right? When something is somewhat old, you know, it's not 50 years old or 70 years old like Casablanca, but it is, you know, the recent past, and you say, oh, you missed this? You know what? It's really worth you spending your valuable time on. So for me, that's that's like Surf's Up. Yeah, Surf's Up is a great film. Uh, it is a criminally underrated gem that was just completely rejected at the box office by audiences. Barely broke even. Are uh, we the only people who love it this much? I, mean, I think so. How, I think, why do well, we love it? I, I love it because, for the same reason I love a lot of stories, it's a really well-told story about fathers and sons. It is a yeah. story about a son and his, his spiritual father, someone he has gone looking for, someone who he has idolized. And it's a story about your heroes aren't perfect. I really love that it's a story about, you know, you find these people that you really want to meet. And a lot of other movies would stop there. The message of the movie would be, don't meet your heroes. because <laughs> That's a little rough for a kid's movie. Yeah, because they won't measure up, or they won't be who you think they are. They won't, they won't have even been the person that they were. Yeah. But this film is also another story that I love, which is a story about redemption and change and that people can evolve even into their old age they can shift who they are for the better they can still learn and at this point the people who have never seen surfs up uh, are going it's just a cartoon about surfing penguins how could you derive merit from a film about surfing penguins can't they swim what the hell are you talking about this is what we're talking about so this is why we're doing the podcast is to rescue these gems and it's true ever since the little mermaid came out in uh, 1990 and really started this whole modern wave of feature length big budget animated movies right there have been some that anybody of any age would recognize as you know, classic movies that need to be watched over and over again, right? Mm -hmm. The Lion King. The Lion King is never going to go away out of our cultural canon. And by 2017, we've got a glut of this stuff being produced. So I think a lot of people, you know, a lot of parents, people of my generation and older, sort of like, oh, God, another, uh, what movie is this? You know, Minions 4? Oh, they're all the same in kids' movies. Ugh. And they recognize that the, the best ones are, here's the cliche phrase, they have something for the parents, just like for the kids, right? So that idea is out there, that the really good ones kind of work on two levels, right? That it's a story that the kids can understand, but there's a lot of layered meaning for the grown-ups, okay? Yeah, and Shrek started that. Shrek was, was the first one. Well, I think Shrek was the first place I remember hearing that phrase, because Toy okay. Story had stuff for the adults oh, and for the kids. Oh, yeah, Pixar's classic at that. Yes, but I think 
Shrek kind of upped the antes on uh, the nature of the adult jokes that they were telling. Fair enough. The most adult stuff that Woody ever says in Toy Story is the word I'm thinking of. I can't say because I'm around <laughs> preschool toys. But even then, that is a veiled reference to a veiled reference. I mean, yeah. that's it's two degrees of separation. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Shrek is making really. Pretty racy jokes. Yeah. The very, and with very little concealment. And the only protection is that kids won't know what it is. And yet, so here is exactly what I want to talk to, about today. So we get the Shrek stuff, and the first uh, two or three are pretty high quality. And yet now, aren't we into like the third straight-to-DVD version of Puss in Boots? I mean, it's... like, there, there are Puss in Boots movies that I see on the racks as I walk through Target. I'm like... Well, they made another one of those? <laughs> Antonio Banderas has a very large mortgage to pay. Okay, so so I, I'm i with you, parents, listening to this podcast, where it all starts to blend together. You're like, oh, okay, you know, my kids, my children, are too old, right? They're teenagers, they're college students, they're, they're finally out on their own. Samuel has a job. Samuel has a and job. And an apartment. Yeah, baby! I Ooh. have... Dental insurance. And yet, we're still going to talk about animated movies because this art form has now crossed over, thank God, into uh, the realm that comics recently crossed over into, which is, when an art form is mature enough and has enough people pouring into it, what you get is a whole vertical range of art, right? Once upon a time, comics were, oh, it's just kid stuff. But now we have a whole vertical range where you can find stuff that you really wouldn't show to someone who isn't 18 or older. And there is stuff that's all the way down to the kids, right? It's one art form, but there's a lot of gradation between it. Movies are that way. They, they reached that, you know, decades ago. But animated feature-length movies are that. There is stuff that rises to the top. That's what I hope we'll talk about today, but there's also a whole bunch of dreck. Yeah, and also, comics have branched out, just like animation has, into different genres. Yes. There was really only, for a long time, animated musicals, because of Disney. That was really what the, you would get. That was the feature-length That's how you movie. got a feature-length animated film. There was Anastasia! Really... Yeah. Hey, hey, don't step to Anastasia. <laughs> anyway, but, and comics were superheroes. That's all they were. That yeah, and horror right. comics, that's and right. horror comics were forcibly removed. Yes, that's right. And now you can get a comic off the rack that is about uh, you know, Lumberjanes. Is a comic about basically a group. There's of... a comic about lumberjacks. Yeah, no, Lumberjanes, which is basically oh. a, a Girl Scout troop going on adventures and fighting oh. monsters for small children. Oh. And you can also pull off the racks like a, a really intense, you know, uh, Batman comic. You know, that's uh, Tom King is writing now. Tom King, ex CIA agent, is writing a Batman. Really? Comic. Yeah, you should you should read those. Wow, they're pretty okay. intense. Well, I'm too busy doing the podcast. Yeah, I know. Um, okay, so how do you tell the difference? That's so, what I want this podcast to be about. Is of all the animated stuff out there and Minions Four and blah blah blah. How on earth you tell the difference yeah. between what's good and what's bad? And why we still need to tell them the essential point? Why should you care about Surfs Up? Right, so Surf's Up is completely unlike any other animated film. I my elevator pitch for Surf's Up is it is a movie of Pixar level quality that is far too dangerous for Pixar to ever have made. What's it is dangerous? too dangerous for What's Pixar. What's dangerous about Surf's Up? Uh, I consider it uh, from the Green Day soundtrack <laughs> to uh, Cody joking about taking a shower with Lonnie, who's the main female penguin. Uh. They're they're not. Zoe Deschanel. <laughs> They're not... Stop talking! I'm still thinking about Zoe. 
Okay, you can go. Are we good? Anyway, like it is, it is a film about. You're uh, thinking about Zoe now too. No, no, it is a film about. Yes, you are not being. It, it is. It is a spiritual sequel to The Big Lebowski. I love Pixar yes. to death, but they could never make a spiritual sequel to The Big Lebowski. They do not possess the capability. It's it's totally the dude as a surfer. Okay, we have to give them some plot. So, okay. well, the movie's 15 years old. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert for Surf's Up. <laughs> the main character, Cody, is played by Shia LaBeouf at the height of his box office Just power. do it! Just do it! Get on the board and surf! And, like, he brings that same level of intensity to Cody. Cody is this loser who lives in Shiverpool, um, which is this horrible little Arctic hellhole where there are barely any waves. Wait, and wait, quick timeout. You have to know that Surf's Up comes right after... What was that documentary that made the penguins cool? March of the Penguins. March of the Penguins comes out... So the movie out. starts with... The movie starts with... <laughs> so... Oh, we have to back it up even further. Okay. So the whole movie... I love this thing. Okay, here's another reason Pixar could never make it. It's because the whole movie is a pretend documentary. Yeah, They're filming that. it as if it's a documentary and, about surfing penguins. And the whole thing is hilarious because they're mocking all of those nice children and their lovely parents who went to see that documentary that was so nice about the penguins. March of the Penguins, narrated by Morgan Freeman. And, and here comes Surf's Up, and it just totally rips it to shreds. In the first five <laughs> seconds of the film... The directors, the actual directors of the actual film, are the voices of the directors of the documentary. And so they're behind the camera interviewing Cody, and they go, uh, so aside from surfing, do you do anything else? And he goes, what, like singing and dancing? No, bro, that's not me. Because this also follows... Um, what was it follows a Happy Feet. Happy Feet. George which was, Miller's Happy Feet. Right. And they're just ripping on people who like Happy Feet, ripping Penguins. on people who like March of the Penguins. Like... The, like, the third or fourth scene is them making fun of that scene in March of the Penguins where all the penguins have to sit on the egg and it's really dark and it's like, if they let the egg go away, it will be destroyed by the cold. And, like, they just turn it into this, like, yakety sacks moment of, like, <laughs> Cheryl, come to daddy! And he's chasing after the egg. It's unbelievable. It is dangerous. Like, they've got a bunch of old Jewish penguins talking about working on the fish pile. I work my way up from the Kavaldovich file to the salmon pile, and it's like, they're just making a bunch of really esoteric references that you and I get, and that yeah. people who know the culture should get, because these are clearly Mel Brooks-esque penguins, <laughs> yeah. but, like, what is happening? They're sending so much information at you at once, you have to accept that it is a movie about surfing penguins, you have to accept that it is a documentary-style film, you yeah. have to accept that the soundtrack is mostly... Uh, Punk rock. Green Day and Pearl Jam yeah. and Lauren yeah. Hill, bizarrely. I mean, it's just uncontrollable. By the way, one of the best pieces of animated soundtrack I've ever seen. They have somebody who redid uh, Wipeout. Oh, I don't that remember. Soundtrack. It was Big Nose. Big Nose. Big, Big Nose does a version of Wipeout that just sounds like anarchy. It's, it's just complete anarchy. anarchy. It has become an inside joke in our family when we feel like a song has gotten out of control. We'll just turn to each other and go, everybody solo! Which is what happens in Big Nose's cover of Wipeout. Okay, we're getting so off track. But it's not. Dad's doing the guitar riff, but what you're missing is like in the background is just the drummer having a seizure and slamming against his cymbals as hard as he can. The bassist is playing his own solo. It makes no sense. It's listen, listen. But here, this is how it does still make sense on the podcast. So obviously, if you've listened to our podcast, and thank you if you have, 
we obviously love parody, we love satire, we love stuff that's subversive, right? And that's actually the dividing line. So we love Surf's Up, we're going to keep talking about that, but the reason we're doing this podcast is because they released Surf's Up 2 this year, and Samuel was predisposed to like it because they brought in some of the biggest names in WWE. So it was going to be this mashup between... Uh, a, a story that they had told really tightly and really well, even though it seemed like anarchy, the first Surf's Up has the details right, and you can tell they've put a lot of thought into it because it really holds together. Everything fits. Yeah, and before we get to Surf's Up too, we need to emphasize that the first Surf's Up is rife with sincerity. They really... Yes, that's a good word They for don't it. compromise on the emotional toll that the surfing has on the penguins. It's stupid. It's silly, but at its core, this is really the story because Cody goes and meets Big Z, played by Jeff Bridges. Big Z is just Lebowski. He's just the dude. He's just the dude. There's no difference. It is the same character. (laughs) And, you know, the dude's down on his luck. He's given up surfing. He's really kind of a hermit. Uh, And it really takes Cody's enthusiasm and love and not irony not satire, not mockery of sincerity, to bring him out of his shell and get him back on the board. So so here's the point that I'm trying to make is, within the story, there isn't satire, right? The satire shows up to us outside the movie, watching the movie, right? So we get the satire of, say, a documentary about penguins, okay? But within the story, everything is sincere. It makes sense. The characters... Uh, believe that what's happening to them matters. In other words, we have to believe that they believe. That's mm-hmm. that's the difference between a good story in whatever art form and just a piece of crap. Yeah, which Surf's Up 2 is. I mean, Surf's Up 2, we won't spend too long on this because it's just not worth it, but Surf's Up 2, we got through maybe 15 minutes of it, and it's just terrible. It has none of the sincerity of the original. The animation is terrible. And as much as I love seeing the WWE wrestlers riff on their wrestling personas as surfing penguins, and they're actually pretty true to their wrestling personas, mm. it doesn't add up to anything. There doesn't feel like there's an emotional core. The stakes of the first movie have actually been surgically removed from this film. It completely. If you watch Surf's Up 2, it completely ruins any of the emotional truth of Surf's Up 1. And at this point, probably you're turning off the podcast because you're like, wow, you guys really care about this way too much. Except that we're really talking about what makes a good story. So, yeah, this podcast is about surfing penguins, but it could be about any piece of art. And to me, there's a really clear line in any art form, novels, comics, movies, between something that hits the boiling point and becomes... Uh, a, a true, sincere story that we, the audience, believe in, and the stuff that doesn't boil, right? Like, boiling water and water are both water, right? Good movies and bad movies are both movies, but you have to hit the boiling point for something to get into the canon to be a good, worthwhile, honest, sincere piece of art. And when you're below that level of boiling water... It doesn't hang together. It yeah. is, Surf's Up 2 is completely written from the outside. None of the characters act the way they did in the first movie. They don't even act logically within this sequel movie. It's just, it's almost like a first draft that somebody emailed 
to somebody and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, the kids will like that. Like the, you can hear them using some of the same words like rad and dude, but none of it feels real to the audience and therefore it's not real. Yeah, that and Surf's Up One is all about emotional reality, emotional validity. You know, the, these are characters who... You know, you've got Chicken Joe played by John Hedder, who's just a stoner. It's just this <laughs> total wipeout, burnout loser. You've got Cody played by Shia LaBeouf to perfection. He has all the innocence of youth, but he's also quick to anger, uh, as mm -hmm. as young people often are. You have uh, Diedrich Bader playing the main bad guy as Tank, Tank Evans, five-time champion. Tank needs fuel. Like, it... it <laughs> And Tank is an incredible villain. Tank is 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 one of the great animated villains in my mind because he is so simple and it is so easy to see his viewpoint, how he can't really comprehend in his head why Cody, this little small penguin who comes from nowhere and has never really done anything, why does he care so much? Tank is the natural dominant figure in this scene. And it's fascinating to watch that play out because I believe that villainy more than, you know, some, some of the Oscar-winning villainy that I've seen, you know, because it's so easy to see Tank's viewpoint. Uh, and it's awesome. and, and yet he has vulnerability too, right? Yes. I mean, that's the, another mark of a good story is if you can see the point of view, if you can understand the villain's point of view so that he's not just a cardboard, two-dimensional cutout villain, but if you understand why he's doing stuff, that's the best storytelling is where everybody in the story makes sense to themselves. Mm -hmm. And that's absolutely true of a bad guy penguin in a surfing cartoon movie. And you know right? who else plays a secondary villain? James Woods. <laughs> As Reggie Belafonte, the sea otter promoter of the Big Z Memorial Surf Competition. Okay, but we're bringing it back to the Reggie Belafonte story, okay? Like, he's... <laughs> James Woods is in this movie for maybe five minutes, and he just graces our presence every time he's there. Well, so... <laughs> this is this is what's great about uh, a lot of these animated movies of the last 15, 20 years. You know, they have really talented people. And it's true that if you look at the credit list for Surf's Up 2, you know, they they don't have anybody but Dieter. And John Hedder. And John Hedder. And the WWE guys. So all of the major league talent, uh, like Jeff Bridges, whom I love, you know, they're all gone now. And yeah, that man. makes a difference. Even... Though the person who's playing the Zoe Deschanel character sounds a lot like her in the sequel, it's not Zoe. And you get what you pay for, mm -hmm. unfortunately. So in that first movie, you know, there's a lot of uh, delicate achievement. Yep. And you get that when you get really good actors and directors and scriptwriters who really care about every single word. So I've preached to Samuel his whole life, and we've talked about it in these podcasts, that the details matter and the details are all in place right down to the little fanboy penguins in the first one right they make sense they fit with zoe's character it's a community when you get every little detail right and every person makes sense to their own point of view you get a community which is what we all live in and that's why we can recognize ourselves in really good art in surfs up too they even fail to get the little fanboy penguins right yeah. they don't behave the same way it's made by somebody who was watching surfs up one out of the corner of their eye on an airplane like and, just... and got paid money to write a script and they turned in the first draft and somebody was like yeah that'll do yeah no but but surfs up one is crafted with love and care and is surfs up one is also not just a story about 
fathers and sons and community and, and all of these big concepts we like, it's also a story about, arguably, art. It is a story about making... That, that the harder you try to manufacture something, the less effective it will actually be, which leads us to... God bless you! My favorite scene! favorite scene. So... Something we watch annually every Father's Day. Well, and I actually share this on social media probably three or four times a year. If... God bless you, you're listening to the podcast while you're driving to work, and you've given us 30 minutes of your time, thank you. Obviously, we hope that you'll spend two more of your valuable hours watching Surf's Up. Great movie, it's well worth your time. Oh, hour and a half, I'm sorry, hour and a half. But if you have no more time, please spend four minutes, search on YouTube for the scene of Jeff Bridges... Teaching Cody how to carve his own surfboard, which is the art that Samuel's talking about. And it's a perfect distillation of my view of fathers and sons, the way I was raised, the way you talk to each other. My dad actually was trained as a carpenter. I cannot do carpentry. It's one of my biggest weaknesses. I wish that I had actually studied more with my father about this. I chose a different form of art. But seeing this on the screen, it's a scene that is worth the whole movie to me, but if you like what you see on YouTube, then I hope you'll watch the rest of the movie, because here's Z, you know, the father figure, who's been called out of the woods by a son he didn't know he had, and so what's the first thing he's going to teach him? Well, he's a surfer, he knows how to surf, he's going to teach him, except that, remember that moment when you were a parent, and you know, your kid was eight, nine, ten, and it was time for them to start doing something like wash the dishes or uh, just some sort of household chore, and they started to do it, and they did it wrong, and you're thinking to myself, oh, if I just do it, it'll go faster and it'll be done. Remember that moment? I do. But if you want the next generation to learn, you have to let them do it and do it wrong and do it slowly. <laughs> so, and so Big Z is showing Cody how to carve this surfboard, and it's this brilliant time-lapse where they just intercut, and you just see more and more of the surfboard has been carved, and Cody's done nothing, and whenever they cut back to him, he just goes, maybe I could try it now. Maybe I can have a shot. Like, he's just, he's just, he's just leaning on his own hand and just, like, waiting to, for Big Z to snap out of, with the grain. You carve with... with the grain and and that it's beautiful it's masterful i don't think i've seen a, another film animated otherwise who has distilled that dynamic that well it's also the dynamic that we're trying to get to in this podcast yeah. quite literally because it's the transmission of art how do you teach the next generation how do you share what you love without just doing it all yourself yes yeah. so that's my father's favorite scene with the grain. My with favorite scene. The grain. No, no, I'm not done yet. Yeah. With the grain. Maybe I could try it now. Uh, oh. Oh, yeah, sure. sure go ahead. <laughs> okay, so my favorite scene speaks to me on a literal spiritual level. It is, uh, I've had a lot uh, recently to think about in terms of my faith, what I believe. Wait, how... are we still talking about penguins? We are still talking about oh, penguins. Okay. What do I believe? What is my faith? How do I pray? What is my church? Are we still talking about penguins? We are. We are. Okay. And at one point, Chicken Joe gets <laughs> captured by these native penguins who are all done up in like 
tribal markings and they've gone native and they're they're not surfing penguins these are spear wielding penguins they're like the ewoks but they're hungry and they're hungry and they're hungry for chicken joe and so they put them in this <laughs> pot and they start boiling water and they begin their festive ritual to you know season the meat or whatever yeah, it's a luau it's a luau and what are they worshiping to in perfect synchronized dance with drums and fire but the romantics, what I like about you. Oh, what I like about you! Hatuka, Hatuka, you hold me tight! And they're worshipping to the romantics! And it's like... As should we all. As should we all! And it's like... I, I am making a joke, I am making light, but at the same time, you know, I, I joked recently, <laughs> you know, I was like... I told... We were going to this 80s dance party, I told a friend, uh, this is my church. This is... This Aww. is... This yeah. is church for me. Yeah. And, and... Wait, you go to church in red leather? I, I would. Um, <laughs> like, it's... it's, and, and that is my spirituality. My spirituality comes through a lot of music. Yeah. A lot of films. Yeah. Uh, joy. Joy. Know, joy. There should be Happiness. joy in life. There should be joy in life and joy in worship. God, I believe, our God, does not really want you to be miserable. Yeah, uh, I agree. Just put a lot of misery out there in the world. <laughs> well, we do a lot of misery. We to do a ourselves. lot of misery to ourselves, and I think he wants go surf and be happy. I think he wants us to be surfing penguins. I think he wants <laughs> us to be happy and at ease and making surfboards and fathers and sons and movies and everything that you will hear in this podcast in the past, now, and in the future. If you watch uh, Surfs Up. You will end the movie with a big, big smile on your face. It is a great movie. It is above the line of boiling water. It is a great animated movie, but it's also just plain a good movie. It's a great movie. Yep. Uh, I would love for it to be in the canon, certainly of great animated feature films. Uh, I don't know that it would ever make the you know the canon canon, but we're going to keep preaching. We're going to push it across that line if we have to do it ourselves. I'll tell you what, from a pure technical standpoint... Uh, if you are interested in animation at all, from a pure technical standpoint, you have to watch this movie for the water. Uh, yeah. they're, they're, yeah. the, the water is absolutely gorgeous. They spent so long trying to get the water right. Water is water and hair is what you hear from animators. That is really difficult. Right, and if you've ever seen uh, the famous documentary about surfing in the 60s, Endless Summer, uh, this has a real love of that documentary, right? So the the movie starts off sort of making fun of documentaries, but you know what? By the end, you can tell that they're trying to make a new Endless Summer. Yep. And they do. And it also has a great love for Green Day. Welcome to paradise! Like, it's 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 just... You can't ever watch a Pixar movie with a Green Day song in it. That's what I mean when it's too dangerous. Yeah, so we do like the stuff. What we're trying to do is elevate this to, you know, some of the classics that are in the canon. Toy Story. Yes. Um, it's you know, up there. Lion's King, Little Mermaid. What else is in the canon of the last 20 years for animated features? Okay, I mean, I think the very first Shrek is in the canon. Shrek, Shrek's, for, for yeah, the, you bet Shrek is. Mm -hmm. uh, I think uh, Mulan, Mulan certainly. I don't know that a lot of people are watching. We'll have to do a whole other podcast on Mulan. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Mulan should be in the canon. I, I, Mulan was very influential on me. And yeah, okay, let's do another podcast. Okay, we'll see you guys later when it's time to talk about Mulan. Mulan. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. I know this sounds crazy. I mean, I, we're aware of how crazy it sounds. It's a movie about surfing penguins. It's but, a movie about surfing penguins! But trust us. You'll come away happy. You'll not have wasted your time. And always remember... With the grain. With the grain. I'm Bentley. And I'm Samuel. And this has been the Re... View... 
Podcast.